discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. It's a month of what? Praises, thanksgiving, and testimonies. You have to thank God. What do you think? Do you think you have to thank God? You have to thank God. You have to thank God. You have to thank God. You have to be into thanking God. It's a month of what? Praises, thanksgiving, and testimonies. Praises, thanksgiving, and testimony. Let's read Hebrews chapter 13. Let's read from verse 14. Hebrews 13, 14. Hebrews 13, 14. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. It says in this world we have no continuing city, we seek one to come, which is the heavenly city, the heavenly Jerusalem. Verse 15 is what I want you to see. By him, by Jesus, we're talking about Jesus before he said this. It says, by Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Continually. Have you seen it? Continually. It says, by him, by Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. You know, in the New Testament, when you become born again, you are made a priest unto God. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 9. Let's look at First Peter 2, 5. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. He calls us an holy priesthood. We are a holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Every priest ordained of God is ordained of God for, to sacrifice something, to give some sacrifices. Okay? Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Let's read verse 1. Hebrews 5, 1. Tell anybody you're a priest. I'm a priest. Okay, and every priest has something to offer. Hallelujah. Okay, keep your finger here. Keep your finger here. Go to Revelation chapter 1. Let's read from verse 5 into verse 6. Okay? Revelation 1 from verse 5 to verse 6. Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, then you are a priest unto God. God has made you a priest. Okay? He says, and from Jesus, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and a prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He loved us so much, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. I mean, that's, that's exciting, isn't it? Jesus washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He's made us what? Kings and priests unto God. Tell me about you're a priest. And has made us what? Kings and what? Priests unto God. Greet the nearest priest by you. Priest Yvonne. Nice meeting you. Priest Elikem. Nice meeting you. Hallelujah. God has made you a priest unto him. Can you imagine? And he has made us kings and priests unto God 
and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We have been made priests unto God. Priests. Do you see? Priests. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. I'm just trying to drive that particular um, concept or idea into your mind. You may not feel good. You may not feel priestly. But God has made you a priest unto himself. You may not be aware, so you are not doing your priestly duties. But God has made you a priest, whether you know it or not. I'm telling you now. Are you born again? Yeah. If you are born again, then you are a priest. Okay? You are a priest unto God. And there are some privileges, there are some rights and privileges of a priest. And it also comes with responsibilities. Every citizen of every country has rights and has privileges and also has responsibilities. Rights comes with responsibilities. So the priestly ministry of a believer comes with certain responsibilities and certain rights. The more conscious you are of those rights, the more, for instance, one of the rights of a priest was the right to carry the Ark of Covenant. Nobody could carry the Ark of Covenant. When David tried to carry the Ark of Covenant on a cart, on a horse's back, he had some horses pulling a cart and he, he put the Ark of Covenant on it. You see, as they, they were pulling the horses were pulling the Ark of Covenant, the Ark of Covenant, remember, had the presence of God. That was the presence of God. Now, if that presence of God is with you, you prosper. You see. As they were pulling the cart, God was angry with what was being done because that's not how it's supposed to be done. The Ark of Covenant belongs on the priest's shoulders. It's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the priest, not by horses. Do you see? God was angry already. And as we were going, they got to a place, there was a stone, it was not an even place. So the, the portals on the road, so the Ark of Covenant tilted a little and was going to fall. And one guy, two people were actually uh, walking by the one on one side, the other on the other side. The one on the other side was called Uzzah. Okay? And Uzzah decided to touch the Ark of Covenant and chalk it and put it in the right place. When he touched it, God smote him to death immediately. He died instantly. Why? Because that's not how it's supposed to be done. The Ark of Covenant belongs to the shoulders of the priests. In other words, priests, a, a privilege or a right of a priest is to have the presence of God continuously. He's the one, he's the carrier of God's presence. So if you're a priest, you are God's address. Do you get it? You are God's address. If someone is looking for God, they must come to you. You are God's address. You have become God's address. The power of God is inside you with all of his power, with all of his wisdom, with all of his abilities. It's inside you. Can you imagine that you are the source of God's power in the earth? Just think about it. Maybe you've not thought about it. If you think about it well, you'll be surprised. You, you see how small the world is for you only. That the presence of God is in you. God is in you. Wow. If God is in me, what can't I do? That's why Paul thought about it and he said, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of the future. The future can never be bad. The future can only be bright. You see, the future, the, tomorrow is, is, we have a hope for tomorrow. That tomorrow will be good. What Paul is saying is that tomorrow will always be good. Tomorrow will always be glory. The expectation of tomorrow is going to be glory. Nothing else. There's no doom. There's no gloom. There's nothing else. Why? Because Christ is in me. Because God is in me. Do you, do you get it? Yeah. And he says that is the biggest revelation of the New Testament. Christ in you. How is that possible? It's possible because you have been made a temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you see? And you have been made a priest to carry God. Another privilege and right of a priest is that 
Nobody could look at the Ark of Covenant. Nobody could look inside or look at it even. It was not, I mean, you, you don't joke with it. But the priests had a right to look into it. They had access into God. So the Bible says the priest's mouth must keep knowledge. Do you see? He's the one that God gives his secrets. God gives his secrets to the, to the priest. So God gives you his secrets. Can you imagine? See, I'm special. So in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says that you were a chosen generation. He was talking about priesthood service, a priest, priestly service. He says, but you're a chosen generation. You are chosen. See, I'm chosen. chosen. A royal priesthood. and holy nation. A peculiar people. He says, you are a royal priesthood. You are kings and priests. A royal priesthood. And this is what BBE, priests and kings. A people giving up completely to God so that you may make clear the virtues of him who took you out of the dark into the light of Heaven. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is very nice. These are some of my, my, my best scriptures because of what it communicates. It says, but you are a chosen race. Say, I'm a chosen race. I'm a chosen race. Tell me, but I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Do you understand what it, what it means to be chosen? For instance, all of you may be here. All of you are here. I can just come and choose this one. Wow. And bring her into the camera. The camera is seeing her. What a blessing. I'm marketing her. For sale. So, you see, out of all of us, she's the one who has been chosen to be here. Is that not a blessing? Out of all the people in the world, God has chosen you. Because God likes you. Can you imagine God likes you? You are the one God likes. Look at your best face and say, you. Look at you. You are the one God likes. God likes you. (laughs) Thank you. Go ahead and take your seat. God likes you. With all your foolishness, God likes you. I don't know if someone has proposed to you and you wonder what the person saw about you. Like, ah, how can you propose to me? Like, me, you're correct, sir. Like, ah, how come you like me? For instance, sometimes I get surprised that my wife married me because, Charlie, no, you should have seen me before. I mean, right now I'm looking nice. You should have seen me. Back in that, it was not a joke at all. Though. No, I wear the suit and I feel I'm looking nice. But when you look at the picture today, you see that hey, it's not easy. Sometimes I want to hide my wedding pictures. I felt I was doing party after party in that way. In that. But you realize that Charlie God has done something. Yeah. And someone chooses you, you're like, ah, what? Me? Me and Panamini. Look at this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. Say, I'm special. I'm special. Tell by you're special. special. See, I'm special. Do you think you are special? Yeah. And sometimes you say, oh, I'm not special. It's not because I'm special. It's a lie. You are special. God thinks you are special. God thinks you are beautiful. God thinks you are nice. God thinks you are the best thing that ever occurred in this world. Can you imagine? In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that for you are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. This is amplified. His workmanship. The word workmanship is poema. The Greek word is poema. And it means the best. The best of God's creation. The best of God's creation is not the heavens. 
the best of God's creation is not uh, the earth or the animals or the, the galaxies. There are beautiful galaxies in the skies. But God, God does not consider all of that to be his best. He considers the new creation. You know, this is different from those who are uh, born by men, normal birth. Okay? The one who is born normal is in the image of God. Is born in the image of God. Do you get it? All men. Adam was created in the image of God and in the glory of God. Is it true? He was created in the image and in the likeness of God. So, in other words, God looks like this. God has legs, two legs like we do, two hands like we do, and all that. So, God does not joke with human beings. God loves human beings seriously because they are his image. They have lost his glory, but they are still his image. But then after that one, God did another creation called a new creation, called children of God. And they are his workmanship. So that is different from the first one. The first one is powerful, but the second one is more powerful. We are the best of God. You see, um, Leonardo da Vinci is known by the Mona Lisa, isn't it? The Mona Lisa drawing. He did a lot of other things. You know, he, did, he had drawings for helicopter, for airplane, all, all of those things. He had drawings for all of that. He did a lot, of, a lot in physics, actually. But he is known in particular for Mona Lisa. You see, that's his best work. That's his poem, his best poem, his best creation, or his best craft. The Bible says that we are God's best craft. This one says, this is NLT, for we are God's masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. Can you imagine? See, I'm God's masterpiece. That's why you shouldn't allow any boy to just use you like that. If you don't, it's, it's, almost, it's always a challenge of value. You don't know your value. So some small boy will come and tell you, I love you, I don't know what I'll do without you. And then into your big head, you just believe. And he's using you and beating you. He's sleeping with you and beating you. And insulting you. And you don't have any problem. And you are washing for him. And cooking for him. You have come to school, but oh, you play more thing. You're a child of God. It's, it, you, don't, you don't understand your value. If you understood your worth, you will not give yourself to many men. You would not want to look for value from a man, like what someone will say. If you marry like that, you are in trouble. If you marry and you are looking for your husband to always be around you and always, you know, be there, that A1 type of marriage, it doesn't work like that. When your husband does something, it will pay you, you may kill yourself even. Or you may go mad. As a lady, you shouldn't do that. You have to put your trust and your heart in God and understand what God thinks about you. How does God think about me? God thinks I'm special. If I'm special, then it means I shouldn't just give myself over to anybody. I'm of value. I'm of worth. You are of worth. You are of worth. God does not joke with you at all. You are very special to God. God loves you into details. He loves every aspect of you. Yeah, every aspect, including the nasty things that you think are not, are, are not this thing. You understand? God loves everything about you. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Look at Romans 8, 32. These are lovely things you need to think about yourself. That's how God thinks about you. You must think the way God thinks about you. Do you get it? If you think the way God thinks about you, your life will take on a new meaning. You have self-worth. You have self-value. And you will have confidence in life. The Bible says that when they saw Peter, they saw that he was confident. He was bold. When they saw how bold he was, they were surprised because he was unlearned. Because learning brings you boldness. You see, learning brings you boldness. When you've gone to school, you realize that you are bold. You are confident in a certain way. 
Yeah. They realized that he had not gone to school. He did not, he did not have money, nothing. And they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Because being with Jesus, Jesus gave them boldness. Jesus gave them confidence. Why? Because he made them know who they really were. He made them know how special they were. He never took advantage of them and highlighted their neg- negatives. You, you are like this, you are like that. He never did that. He, always, he was always telling them that you are something. Jesus always brought people up. Jesus always brought people up. He never cast people down. You understand? That's what God does. God, God is into bringing you up to his level, helping you to stand, not criticizing you or talking badly about you. That's not God. He says, he that spared not his own son. God, let's read from verse 31 so it makes more sense, okay? What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, wow. Can you imagine? He says that God is for you. Tell me about God is for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like God is for you in life. God, God is for you in every aspect of your life. God is your lawyer. God is your, your doctor. He's interested in you. He says, if God, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The devil can be against you. Life can be against you. I mean, okay, so nothing can be against you. Then he says, he who spared not his son, but gave him up for us all. Okay? But delivered him up for us all. The one who, he did, not, he did not spare his son, his only son. His only son, no, he didn't spare Jesus Christ. He gave Jesus Christ for you. Meaning that if you are the only one who are on earth, he will still have sent Jesus to come and die for you. That is how special you are to God. If you go to town to buy a dress, okay, the value of the dress is dependent on the price on the dress. What you exchange for the dress determines the value of the dress. Do you see? If you're going to... Someone I know, someone close to me, wore a dress. Very nice. I said, ah, this dress is very nice. They said, it's nice, eh? I said, it's very nice. Then he said, it's $1,000. He said, I bought five of them at once. $1,000. And it's it's seen in that. When he wears a dress, I mean, we could say he has money, so don't say anything. Like, (laughs) $1,000 could have been used for something. He, it is his money, he has bought it. Is it your problem? It's when you get your money, then you buy some. Never criticize the rich. Do you understand? What you criticize, you will never become. If you criticize the rich, you will never be rich. The rich are very important. Without the rich, the poor will not survive. Without the rich, the poor will not be inspired. You don't have inspiration in life. Because when you look at them, you're like, hey, I have to be, I have to be serious. Yeah, so never criticize the, the rich. What you criticize, you will never become. Okay? Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. Say it again, I'm rich. I'm rich. You know, I'm talking to the biggest multi billionaires in the world. That's why when I'm talking to you, I'm very careful when I'm talking to you because you are God's very special people. Yeah, you are so special and you're going to do big things for God. Do you believe it? Yeah. yeah. You bought a dress for $1,000. I bought five on that day. You know. Your price tag was Jesus Christ, was the blood of the Son of God. The blood of King Herod was not going to do anything for you. Julius Caesar was not going to do anything for you. Elijah. Elijah's blood could not do much. The most righteous of men, Abraham's blood could not do anything for you. Who else? Joseph. Joseph was a very good guy. Joseph never had any problem. <laughs> He's one of the people in the Bible who never had any problem. Potiphar's wife came, he ran away. 
free school. I mean, he ran away. Very few people will run away. But he ran away. Potiphar's, beautiful Potiphar's wife, he ran away. So Joseph is a very pure guy. You, you understand? But still, Joseph's blood cannot do anything for you. Even Enoch. He didn't mean attempt. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It took God's blood. God. God is the one who had to come and die for you. That is how special and important you are. Clap for God. Says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him after us all. How shall and he didn't die for us too when we were good? Romans 5, verse 8. Look at Romans 5, 8. It says, Okay, let's read verse 6 and come to verse 8. All is nice. Okay. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the what? He died for the ungodly. He died for he, Jesus didn't die for Christians, he died for ungodly people. Ungodly people. Do you see? Ungodly people. Look at verse 8. But God commended or expresses his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. So how much more now that you are his child? What do you think he will do for you? Look at the next verse, verse 9. It's in verse 9. What I'm saying now is in verse 9. Much more than if, he says, but God commends his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Much more than. How much more than now that you are justified by his blood? Now that you are declared not guilty by his blood? We shall be saved from wrath through him. We shall be saved from all kinds of wrath. You have been born again not unto wrath. Do you understand wrath? He's talking about the great tribulation. He's talking about perishing. He's talking about going to hell. He's talking about going to the lake of fire. All of that are, in the, are part of the wrath of God. He says that much more than. How much more than being now justified by his blood? Being now declared not guilty by his own blood? We shall be saved from wrath, from all kinds of wrath, through Jesus. So when you are thinking, eh, never think that you did something to take you to hell. Please, think right. You think too bad about yourself. That's why you keep doing bad things. Start, start thinking right things about yourself. You see that you are doing right things. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you see yourself getting gravitating towards a certain aspect of life, it's because you think about it too much. You're always thinking about it. You always, you, you always think you fornicate. So you fornicate. You're always thinking, hey, this girl, hey, this boy, hey, this girl, hey, this boy. Hey. Before the boy has become a boy in your life and the girl has become a girl in your life. You see, but the more you think the glory of God, the grace of God, the work of God, the power of God, the more you gravitate towards that side. You see that your life is only good. You will not have bad people around you even. What you want to do evangelism? You have to go very far away to go and get someone born again. Because all the people in your circle are correct people. All of them. I seeing it. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So change your thoughts and you will see your life change. If you cannot change your mind, nothing around you can change. For instance, your state, your state of poverty will not change if you don't change your mind concerning money. If you think that money is bad, because some people think that having 5,000 Ghana cities is not a good thing. Do you get like, ah, what are you going to, what am I, all those of you talk like that, what am I going to do with such money? You think it is bad, that's why you're talking like that. What are you going to do with such money, saying, what do you mean? What do you mean by what am I going to do with that kind of money? Hey, 100,000 Ghana cities, what am I going to do with it? Oh, you ain't about to say me. 
Me five Ghana Me okay. Me nyame go baby dia. Your mouth. Stop talking like that. You are a very selfish person. You only think about your gobe. How about getting gobe for everybody in the country, or everybody on your in your in your in your lane? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's a, that's selfishness talking. Talk big, think big. Yeah, I don't know if you like my message. Talk big, think big. I'm going to have more than enough to be a blessing to all those who are around me. Yeah, yeah. Fifty thousand Ghana cedis will not be a problem for me. I've stopped talking in Ghana cedis. Fifty thousand dollars will not be a problem for me. Yeah. What do you think about what I'm saying? Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Go back to um, chapter 8, verse 32, Romans 8, 32, what we're reading. You see? It's just, these are nice things. This is what God thinks about you. Can you imagine? God thinks you are too special. He likes you. He loves you with all of his heart. He doesn't joke with you at all. So if you joke with yourself, God doesn't joke with you. Yeah, if you joke with yourself, God doesn't joke. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How? How shall he not with him freely give us all things? If he gave his son to die for you, how shall he not with him freely give you all things that you need in your life? All things. Some people don't trust God much. Like, God, God, this issue about this. You suspect God. Like, Sorry? You think God is like your biological father. He's not. He's better than that. He's better and bigger and higher than that. He's the one from whom all fatherhood derives his name. Yeah. Easy. So you ask for something and from your dad and it doesn't come. So you think that when you ask for something from God, it won't come. That's why it doesn't come. Because that's what you're thinking. As you're thinking, as you're praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a laptop. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> Is this thing going to come even? That you, after you prayed, that's the next thing you said. You have just cancelled and annulled your prayer with your thought or with your speech. You prayed for your husband. God, give me a good husband. Then you later you say that all the guys in this world they are not correct. What well, it means that you not you get a not correct one, isn't it? Uh-huh. So all the non correct boys will start joining towards you because of what you when you say all the boys are not correct, then they all come. All the non correct they are all coming to you. Your mouth was given to you to chart a good course for your life. So no matter how how much God has set you up for. You can destroy everything with your mouth. That's why you have to be very careful what you're saying. Every, you say things. We don't know this country is too difficult. We have to ch- change your mouth. Listen, there's money in this country. Do you know there's money in this country? Only the leaders don't use it to do the right thing. But there's money in the country. I tell you, you have no idea. There's money, real money. Here, plenty money. I would advise you not to travel. And go and stay there. Unless God has sent you to go there. Yeah. I mean, if you've not been sent there, don't go. You understand? Yeah, don't put it in your heart. It's one of my ambitions. I have to travel abroad. I mean, if God has not sent you there, don't go. You will struggle in vain. And you will never be rich. Yeah. The system is designed to not make you... I mean, how can you pay inheritance tax 
after you inherited, your father died and left you a house. When you inherit the house, then you pay inheritance tax. Almost to the tune of 40%. Can you imagine? I mean, what kind of country is that? In Ghana, property is property. If they left you good, it's yours. If they left you a house, it's yours. Nobody will come and take tax from you, isn't it? Yeah, man. Our government is being shy to do that. They can't do that. <laughs> because they will pay more. <laughs> Hallelujah. So talk well. Tell me about talk well. What do you think? Yeah, talk well. This exam, I don't know if, it will, if I'll pass. Sorry for you. Sorry for you. There's some bash me, Charlie, Charlie. There's some take me up, shake me so they take me put on. Hey, no small thing, Charlie. Hey, so you follow your, your friends, Charlie. The exam, they, they, be, they be, be difficult. They be difficult. There are some of your friends who talk like that. When they get to their room, then they start canceling. Father, I cancel all that. I cancel all that. You just say, I cancel all that. I'll pass the exam. I'll pass this. And then when the, when the thing comes and they pass, then you didn't pass. Then you come here and you'll be crying. Lord, I did everything for you. I didn't pass, Lord. It's your math. Your math. Hallelujah. But God has made us kings and priests. He has made me a king. And a priest. Hallelujah. And every king and priest has a responsibility. One of the priestly responsibilities is offering sacrifices to God. Do you see? Offering sacrifices to God. So in First Peter 2, verse 5, ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Then it says to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are to offer our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Then in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1, I, I was reading that to you, I didn't finish. Let's go there. Hebrews 5, 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. So every priest has gifts and sacrifices to give to God. Did you get it? So in the New Testament, our sacrifices is written in Hebrews chapter 13. What we're reading. We started reading from verse 14, isn't it? So go back to that place. Hebrews 13, verse 14. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Next verse. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. So our sacrifice in the New Testament is praise to God. Since let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. No break, continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. Let us offer our praise to God continually. Praise to God continually. Now, this is the reason a lot of Christians don't do well. There are a lot of things that must be in play. Success is a cocktail of many things. Okay? And one of the major things that is responsible for a Christian's success is his attitude of thanksgiving. Have you thanked God for what he, ha- what he has done, where he has brought you? One day I was praying with our pastors here, and you know, we, we're always praying that we'll increase. Then God prompted me and said, have you thanked me for what I've done? I said, wow, we have to thank God. Then I started making us remember how things were when we came here, and how God has brought us all the way. As a church, we have to thank God. What do you think? And as individuals, God has done so much for you throughout the year. If for nothing, you are still alive. You are not better than the one who died. No, because there are good Christians who have passed on. Young, young, good Christians. 
who have died. But you are still here. So you have to thank God. What do you think? Don't be an ungrateful person. Just imagine you giving some, something to somebody and the person does not say thank you. What will you do? Will you give him something the next time? Or you give it to him and he comes to say thank you after one month. He forgets that you give something to him. He does what? And he complains that this thing is not even good enough and all of that. I was expecting something higher and all of that. After I have given a person, I gave you 5,000 Ghana cities. And then maybe you are expecting 10,000. Wouldn't you thank God that 5,000 has come? Or what it means is that now you don't need 10,000, you need 5,000 more. Is it true? Yeah, so there, there's, there's a problem. Because a lot of Christians are not into thanksgiving. They don't thank God. They don't thank God. After all that God does for them. But he says we should offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks. Actually, the word giving thanks is homologia. It means to say the same thing in consent with God. Do you see? Like, say the same thing in consent with what the angels say about God to God. Please, you understand? Yeah. Glorify his name. The way to go up, if you don't praise God and thank God for what the level he has brought you to, it means you are not ready to go to the next level. Like I said, if I gave you something, you didn't mind me. Do you think I will give you more? I will not give you more. I will not mind you again. So you have to learn to count your blessings. Count your blessings and name them one by one. This is what God did. This, this happened. This happened. This happened for me. This happened for me. I traveled here. This year, for instance, we were in a plane. My wife and I were in a plane coming. And the plane dropped about six floors. Like that. We are still here. We didn't die. God held the plane and brought us. We have something to thank God about. When we were landing in another plane, as we were landing... It was about three floors to the ground. And then it went back into the sky. Beyond the skies, beyond the clouds, straight. A friend of mine who was in the plane vomited blood and all kinds of... Because it was not an easy experience at all. When we landed, everybody was clapping. Hey, thank God. <laughs> it's not a small thing. Hey. You have a lot to thank God for. You've been driving. People have been... You've been, you've been in VIP bus. Go, you think VIP bus does not get that student there? Eh? You were a joke. You don't know. The number of people who have died on VIP bus going to Accra. Was it this year or last year? This year, early this year. And number, was it this year? This year, yeah. Last year too. A number of people, accidents. There was, a, there was a crash. And about 30 people died. 30 people died. The one that your mother-in-law survived. How many people died? More than 20 people died. The people who are around her, the one who was sitting by her this way, everybody died. The, 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 the guy, someone took her seat and she went to another person's seat and the one who took the seat died. <laughs> VIP bus. So when you sit in VIP and you get to Accra safely or you get to Kumasi safely, you must kiss the ground, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, but then you just get down, pop, then you're moving. Like you are a guy. You even hold your trouser like that. Like guy in a sister. What do you mean? Some angels have, you know, God dispatched some angels to take care of you and take you where you are going. Yeah, it's a blessing. So you have something to thank God for. Did you understand? You have something to thank God for. The way to go up is by thanking God. Let me show you a scripture. 
Acts chapter 2. Let's read verse 47. Acts 2, 47. If you are ready to multiply your blessings, then you have to start thanking God. How many of you want to increase? The way to increase is to thank God. Look at this. Can you read this to me? Let's read from verse 46 to 47, so it makes more sense, okay? He's talking about the first church. Can you read this to me? One to go. With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Next verse. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So praising God was part of the things that they did that caused them to, be, to have additions on a daily basis. So you can do all the rest if you are not praising God. Because we do this, go up, 46. Almost all churches try to do this. And they, and they continue dealing with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness. We, we try to do this. But then the next one, we don't do it. Praising God. We must praise God. Okay? Tell anybody you must praise God. You have to. The more you praise God, the more you are multiplied. The more you thank God, the more you are multiplied. In John chapter 6, look at John chapter 6. Let's read. I don't know if we should read it because of time. From verse 6. There was a need. Jesus had preached for three days. And there were 5,000 people with him. 5,000 men. Women and children not counted. Normally in every congregation, the women and the children are more than the men. So we are talking about about 20,000 people. And they needed food. Jesus said that, give them something to eat. They said, we don't have, we a, a whole year's wages will not even be able to feed these people. Then he asked them, what do you have? Then he said, oh, a little boy's lunch. But what is it among so many? That's what they said. He says, but what are they among so, so many? What, what is this among so many? It looks so small. They said, there's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? It looks so small. It didn't have any, like, there's nothing. Look at what Jesus did. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Next verse. And Jesus took the loaves. And what? When he had given thanks. He gave thanks. That was all he did. So thanksgiving is a means of multiplication. If you don't give thanks, you will not be multiplied in whatever it is that you are doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of people are ungrateful. So many ungrateful people. You're always looking at what you can, God can give you. You, know, you, don't, you don't consider what God has done. What has God done for you? What has God done for you throughout the year? You've not stopped to say thank you. And one of our sisters was talking about her friend. She's a very young girl. Her friend who just said she has a headache. Oh, my head, my head, my head, my head, my head. And she died. Have you had a headache? Experience any headache throughout the year? You are alive. You are not dead. Why is it too difficult for you to say thank you? Tell anybody it's not be difficult for me to say thank you to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you must give God His praise. You must give God His thanksgiving. It's actually dangerous to keep God's praise. Can I show you in the Bible? It's a dangerous thing to to keep God's praises and God's thanksgiving. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. 
Then we'll go back to this, what I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you now. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. Can you read this to me? One to go. Thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Why? It says, and out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Out of you shall proceed what? Thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Next verse, verse 20. Their children also shall be as aforetime and their congregation shall be established before me. And I will punish all that oppress them. I will punish all that oppress them. You know what the children of Israel did when they got to the walls of Jericho? God told them, go around it seven days. Go around it once every day, isn't it? Go around it once every day in silence. On the seventh day, go around it seven times. On the seventh time, give a shout of victory. Begin to thank me for the city. And as they were thanking God for the city, the city had high walls. Nothing showed that anybody could go into that city. As they were praising God, their praises caused God to step on the wall. The wall of Jericho did not fall down. It sank into the ground. Someone stepped on it. Someone stepped on it. Someone stepped on the walls of Jericho. So it didn't fall down flat. It sank into the ground. God sat on it. Yeah. So that the children of Israel will have victory. So as soon as you decide not to thank God, like, you are always, all your prayer is in the gear of asking. You're always in the gear of asking. God, you know. You know that. that. Abi, you know that, that. God is written me on the wall. I've been telling you this thing a long time. You better stop praying like that and start thanking God. Let praises come out from your spirit. Let thanksgiving come out of you. And as thanksgiving come out of you, he says he shall multiply you. How many of you are ready to be multiplied? That's a secret. I'm showing you now. That's a secret. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a dangerous thing to keep God's praises. Hmm. Acts chapter chapter 12, verse 22. Very interesting story there. Look at this. And the people gave a shout, saying, let's read from verse uh, 20, so we understand him. This is about Herod. Herod. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they they came with one accord to him, and having made blasters the king, shambling their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. Verse 21. And upon a seat, and upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. So he spoke. He was sitting on his throne and then he spoke. He had a very nice dress on. And as he spoke, his voice sounded like the voice of an angel. Look at that. And the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. Because the, the voice sounded different. He cried. He realized it was different. Like, hey, who spoke? Meanwhile, he said it. But then it sounded very different. Next verse. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Are you following the story? Uh-huh. He was sitting on the throne, and then he spoke. He made an oration. When he made the oration, the other people said, ah, this is the voice of God, of a God, not the voice of a man. And as soon as they said that, they, uh, the angel of the Lord smote him, killed him then. then. Immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not the glory. He gave not God the glory. He gave not God what? The glory. He gave not God the glory. And he was eating of worms and gave up the ghost. He was eating of what? 
He gave not God the glory. You must give God the glory. Tell anybody, you must give God the glory. For all the happenings in your life. You see, all the happenings in your life are actually traceable to God. So you must give him the glory, all the glory. Don't delay in giving God glory. Do you understand? And don't resent, let me show you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 12. Deuteronomy 6 12. Let's read from verse 10 so that it makes more sense. Okay. And it shall come to pass, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which is well unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not. He's doing good things for them. He's I'm bringing to cities and buildings you did not build. And houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not. And wells digged, which thou diggest not. And vineyard, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then, beware. When you have, when you have eaten your food, it says, beware, lest thou forget the Lord. Which brought thee from out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Next verse. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. You should say, make sure you don't forget God. Make sure you don't forget to say thank you. In Luke chapter 17, from verse 11, there's a story concerning the ten lepers whom Jesus spoke to. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of, of Samaria and Galilee. Next verse. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They were all lepers. Leprosy eats your skin away and eats your limbs away. They, they had all lost their limbs. Next verse. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, as you obeyed the voice and they went, they were cleansed. They were all cleansed. Next verse. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. With a loud voice, he glorified God. Look at the next verse. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was a stranger. The, the rest were Jews. Next verse. And Jesus answered and said, were, not, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? He was expecting them to come and come and say thank you. They got their miracle and they went away. Now, leprosy is like that it takes away everything, isn't it? So they began to see that they were cleansed. They were healed. Their limbs had not yet grown out. They were not yet whole. When the guy realized that his sores were, had gone, he turned back to come and thank Jesus. But the rest continued. When he came to come and thank Jesus, look at what Jesus said to him. And he said unto him, go, go up to 17 once again. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Verse 18. They are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. They had not yet been made whole. Their wholeness was dependent on their thanking God. The Bible says, Every good and perfect gift cometh from God. Isn't it? Cometh from above, from the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift. Sometimes the gift, what God gives to you, is good. It is not yet perfect. It's good. You see that, oh, the thing is, it's like it's coming. But then you don't start giving glory to God. Because you don't give glory to God, the perfect thing does not come. It doesn't become perfect. The good does not change to become perfect. Because you, you, didn't give, you didn't thank God. 
This is a demonstration of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving is a powerful demonstration of your faith. When you see it's becoming good. When the guy, the guy didn't wait for the thing to heal completely, he saw it happening. Then he said, let me thank God. And as he thanked God, he got a perfect, he became whole completely. His limbs grew out immediately. The others had a different story. Probably their limbs didn't grow out. Because the leprosy can go, but their limbs will not come out. People who are healed of leprosy don't have their limbs growing back, do they? They don't. But this guy had his coming. He became whole. Why? Because he thanked God. Do you see? So don't run away with God's thanks. Don't, don't be there. It's like, God has not done anything for me. What, what, what has happened? This year, what has happened? Nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. He says, be careful. So that you don't forget God. Be careful. So that you don't forget. Psalm 103. Verse 1 to 2. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 103. Verse 1 to verse 2. 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Do you know this, is, this, this was the key of David, though? You know, we talk about the key of David, the key of David. The key of David was the key of, is the key of thanksgiving. David was a number one praiser of God. Number one worshiper of God. That was what David had. David did not joke with God at all. That was his key. If, the, if David had any key, it is the key of thanksgiving and praises and worship to God. Read Psalms, you see. Look at it. it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Next verse, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. There are benefits, oh. Benefits. You see, the sun has been shining. It's a benefit from God. You must thank God. You went to do an operation. You survived. Your organs are functioning. Your heart is functioning. I was so sad when I saw something on, on one of these social media platforms. A young guy, he's just 30, married with a child, working in a hospital as a lab technician. He was checking people and all of that. One day, he just felt he, felt he was not feeling so good. He went to the hospital. They checked him. Check, 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 check. They said he has, his kidneys have failed. Both kidneys have failed. Just like that. Just like that. And now he's on social media asking for money. At the beginning of the year, he was fine. By the middle of the year, everything had changed. His whole life had changed. How does kidney failure happen? What's happened? What, what causes it? What causes it? Yeah. People just collapse. They wake up. Cancer. People breathe. Something is happening in their lungs. They go and check. They say there's water in your lungs. My friend, you have something to give thanks to God for. God has been gracious to you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. All his benefits. This is what causes you to rise higher now. If, you've not been, if you are not grateful, how can you go for it? If you are not grateful for what he has done for you, how can you, how can you go for it? I remember when the church was 100. The whole church. Not this place even. The whole church. We're praying. Remember, we're praying for 100. You remember? Praying for 100. When we got to 100, we thank God. We did, there are various times we've done celebration services. Thanking God for the number. By the time we are, we are done thanking God, within six months, you see the number going like that. Some people ask me, what's your secret? I think one of the major secrets is thanksgiving. Learning to thank God. 
pausing to say thank you. When we came here, we were just about 80. Today on a service, we will say we have more than 400 people in the church. Why shouldn't you thank God? I remember when we were here and we were praying, God, give us 200. We are more than 200 seated here. 200, give us 200. Why shouldn't we thank God? If you don't thank God, you will not see the 1,000. You will not see the 2,000. You will not see the 3,000. He says, they praised God and the Lord added to them. He added every day. You have a wig. You won't thank God for the wig. You are just praying that Friday will give you some wig. Something will happen. Thank God for the wig that you have. You are using what? Infinix. Or Techno. You are looking for iPhone 11 Pro. Because of that, you are busy. You are trying to, like, you are asking God and moving around, trying, doing everything to get. You've forgotten to thank God for what you have. Because you didn't have any. You are using a yam or a cocoa yam. Or a chalk, eh? Bunch. But now, you are phoneless. God has given you something. You won't thank God. Tell anybody you have to thank God. You have a lot to thank God for. Count them. Count the benefits. Count the benefits. Count his blessings in your life. I remember this. I remember that. I remember this. I remember that. You know, some years ago, we were looking for a child. My wife and myself were praying for a child. The child was not coming, putting her faith to work, doing everything. The day we realized that we have to start thanking God, I think within that same month, we got pregnant. The day, when we started thanking God, that same month, started thanking God for what he has done. Lord, thank you. God has done it already. So I singing a song. I hear God has given me victory. We're playing in the car and singing. Singing, singing, singing. We don't, know even, we don't even know what happened. We're pregnant. Wow. When your wife gets pregnant, you don't know what you did. I understood why the guys don't accept the pregnancy. When you come to them that you are pregnant. They they are, what did I do to you? <laughs> when was it? Which of them was it? When you start thanking God, your miracle just comes just like that. Boom, just like that. Oh, yes. Paul and Silas were caught, beaten, battered, broken, and put in the inner cell with their hands in stocks. I mean, when, they, when you are beaten and you can touch your source, it's nice. You can soothe yourself with your own hands, isn't it? You can touch your soul. But they held their hands in stocks so that they can't touch their soul. Their soul is paining you, but you are just there. They forgot about their pain and started praising God. They praised God. They praised God loudly. The, all, all the people in the cells held, held them. And before long, the whole cell shook. Their chains fell off. Everything shook. Everything, they became free just like that. Why? The power of thanksgiving. The power of thanksgiving. If you don't have understanding about something, you don't do it well. But you need understanding concerning thanksgiving. So we are, we are going to talk about it. Uh, for you to understand it. So when you're praising, you praise with meaning. You can jump with meaning. Some people say, when some people are jumping and dancing, they are looking at them like this. But this body are not serious crowd. You, don't, you, don't, you are not serious. Do you know what David did? David danced before the ark of God and, wake, and went naked. He had all his boxer shorts. He danced, uh, his dress fell off. And he was with boxer shorts. He forgot about his dress. He was still dancing before the Lord. Dancing before the Lord. And his wife, looking from the window, looked at him and said that, look at you. You say you are the king of Israel. You are now naked before all the girls in Israel. He was, she was only thinking about the girls in Israel. And David said, listen, it is God who took me from 
being a shepherd boy to become king over your, instead of your father. Because Mikhail's father was Saul, instead of your father. It was a practical home marriage fight. Yeah. And as we were talking, God closed Mikhail's womb from that day. He closed, God closed her womb, like that, and threw the key into the bottomless pit. Yeah, because she was talking against someone who was praying. You see, you can't say, no matter who you are, you can't thank yourself. Have you, have you, you, can't, thank, you, you can't say, thank me. <laughs> oh, thank me, thank me, thank me, thank me. No matter how big you are, you can't thank yourself. You can't say, thank me. God can't say, thank me. That's the only thing he requires from you and from me. To say thank you to him. When you say thank you to God... You have killed him. I tell you. You have given God fans. You, you, I mean, you have spoiled the case. That is why it's, a, it's one of the major strategies of God for the children of Israel. Major strategies. One of the children of Israel in 2 Chronicles 20. The children of Israel were going to fight against one million, a host of people. One million, they had just 200,000 people. One against five. How are you going to fight? They prayed to God, God, do something. And God said, listen. You don't need to fight this war. I'm going to fight for you. Put praises. They did, God didn't even tell them. They did it themselves. They knew what God wanted them to do. So they put, I mean, just imagine you are going for a war. The other group has guns, machine guns. They have rockets. They have atomic bombs, nuclear bombs. They have what, snipers. They have what? Tanks. They have drones, uh, weaponized drones, and all of that. And then you are coming with tam- tambourine and what? A guy and keyboard and cymbal. They were playing. Playing to God. Shouting and praising the beauty of holiness. They were seeing Jama in front of the, at the, at the war front. As they were seeing the Jama, the Bible says that God set an ambushment in the camp of the enemy. The people of Mount Seir rose up to kill the, all the Amorites. And after they were done, all the, you see the Mount, Mount Seir and Moab joined together to kill the Ammonites. When they were done, they turned against themselves and killed everybody. Everybody, the last person to die, died with the last person to also die. They all died. They pierced themselves with a sword like this, and then both of them died. They all died. It says, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Mount Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. They helped each other to kill each other. Yeah, that was the kind of victory God gave to the children of Israel. Why? They were praising the beauty of holiness. They were praising the beauty of holiness. If you are not ready for your next level, you will not praise God. But if you are ready for your next level, you start praising God. If you are a child of God and you are ready for your next level, you will start giving glory to God. You start thanking God. Lord, thank you. I remember all that you have done. I remember at the beginning of the year. I remember. I remember. I remember. I remember in the middle of the year. I remember. Look at us. We have to be grateful to God. And thank God for what he has done. So as a church, as a ministry, we have too much to thank God for. We have too much to thank God. I mean the victories that God has given to us. The victories. Victory of after victory, after victory, after victory. Party after party, after party, after... We have every cause to dance. Party after party, party after party. What do you think? Yeah. We have to thank God. God has been gracious. Victory after victory. God has a gracious. From glory to glory. And even if what you're asking God for has not come yet, the way to get it is to praise him. 
Yeah. Praising God gives, gives him a, a, a rail. You set a rail for him to bring his train of victory into your life. That's what you do. If you go to places like Bishop Oedipo, Bishop Oedipo's church are masters of thanksgiving and praise. They are masters. They don't joke with it. They don't joke with it. They praise God hard. There's Wuzela, everything something in the church. Hard. They do praises for 30 minutes. Singing all kinds of songs. They can stop singing and it's just, it's just instrument. I mean, anything goes. Anything goes. We are just praising God. And you hear testimonies. 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 I want us to get into that drive of thanking God this month and for the rest of our life. What do you think? Yeah. Let's, let it be the easiest thing about us. Like, we just start thanking God. It's, it's, it's a sign of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns. These are all, these are all things, thanksgiving tunes to God. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Melodies in your heart to the Lord. Yeah, look at the next verse. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. So that if you know the spirit is not like your facial change. It's, if you are full of the spirit, you start giving thanks to God. All those who are full of the spirit, give thanks every time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They always offer up the gifts of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You hear them shouting glory every time. Glory to God. 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 Jerusalem said something about Roberts. He said he wanted to build a hospital somewhere in Africa. And Robert said he would accompany him for the meeting they were going to have. Because he was going to ask for a land from the government, from the president of that particular country, to build the hospital for the country. So when they went for the meeting, they were sitting in the meeting and then Robert was also with him. You know Robert's blessed memory, very powerful man of God. And as they were talking about the plans, he was asking, I think he was asking for an acre or two, something like that. And Robert was sitting by him, writing something, playing. He, was just he took a, a, a napkin. He took a, a, a tissue. was writing on it. Writing on it. And then he gave it to him. As, as they, they were talking, serious business. So he was just writing. He was not interested in what they were saying. Then when, they, when he finished writing, he pulled Jezebel and said, Hey, my friend, take it and read it. I just said, oh, we are busy in a meeting. Oh, please. Why are you behaving like a child? Take it and read it. Then he took it and when he read it, it was, what is my name? That was what he had written on the napkin. What is my name? And he said, ah, what kind of question is this? What is your name saying? Are you not Dora Roberts? Then he said, that is how disinterested I am with all the, all the things you are talking about. You are not thinking big at all. In front of the president, everybody. He said, you people are not thinking big at all. I prefer talking, writing about my name than what you are thinking. Why are you asking for one acre or two? You should be asking for 50 acres or 100 acres. That's what he said. You should be asking for 100 acres. And he made them change the plans there and then. And he said, just thank God for it. And it worked. Amazingly, it worked. Yeah, that's the secret of thanks. If you thank God, you'll be surprised. 
You'll be surprised. It's a sign of the influence of the Spirit. Yeah. Strange men. They did strange things. Strange men. If you're not into thanksgiving, you are, den- you are robbing yourself of a lot of things. You are becoming ungrateful. You are like the nine who are going back, going away without coming to say thank you. Are you ready to thank God? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to thank God? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I want us to thank God for two minutes today. What do you think? We go there. Rise up on your feet. Here we are. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God.